Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up to the club on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome to today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns. Alongside the one, the only, John Gambadaro. Hi, Gambo! Birdsy, what's going on? Happy Valentine's Day out there to yeah. all of the... Couples? You, is it just women? Or you can say couples? Oh, no, it's 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 love. It's a it's, celebration of yeah. love. Yeah. It's it, it's it's the love that you have for your kids, the love that you have for your friends, the love that you have for your family. It's a celebration the of love. The love that you have for yourself. It's, mm-hmm. it's just it's the day of love. Uh, Lauren... Made us all uh, Rice Krispie treats today. I you would did? assume that would be out of love for this show and her co-workers. I, whoa, 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 I didn't see any. Well, you, 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 you t- I don't know if you know this or not. You tend in to get in a little late before the show starts. I mean, you, you're kind of cutting it a little fine. She was walking. You still have some, mm. right? I asked you to save one. I've got like six right back here. Gambo. Okay, there okay. You go. It's yeah. good to know. There it's good go. to know. Yeah. All it's, right. It's so a celebration of celebration love. Celebration of love. We're Whatever, all on. What, we're all in the love boat. Whatever. Whatever it is you love, whatever it is, Isaac, get me a drink. (laughs) Julie, let's play some shuffleboard. Doc! You ever see Doc? Stop flirting with my wife. Uh, it's an it's an obviously a terribly old TV show, but if, if you, <laughs> which is a shock that you would that you would you would refer to it. Oh. But if you if you spend enough time on the internet or on social media, they'll put together these videos stringing together everybody who ever made a guest appearance on the Love Boat. Yeah, it's everybody. A, it's like a star studded deal. A lot of it's a like lot a, of athletes. It's too. like a who's who right. from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and yeah. early 80s. Like, well, that guy was on the Love Boat. Uh. Tom Hanks was on the love. Yes, Tom Hanks at one point was on the love boat. I yes, actually, as a guest star. I yes. actually tried to explain the song "Welcome Back, Cotter" came on the radio the other day when we were driving. I tried to explain the TV show to my wife. It was an epic fail. <laughs> well, there are these well, five kids, and they're not very like degenerates, and they're not very good. And one guy's named Vinnie Barbarino, and then there's Epstein in Washington. There's a guy named Horseshack, and they had funny lines. You're like, what's the funny line? I'm like, up your nose with a rubber hose. She goes, that's stupid. And the teacher was Mr. Carter. Mr. Carter. She goes, that sounds stupid. I'm like, all right. Yeah. I give up. I give up. I think it's an epic fail that you're yeah. listening to a radio station that would feature the theme song to 70s, Welcome Back, Carter. 70s but, music, yeah, man. I love 70s me. music. Uh, speaking of love, uh, we'll take things that we love for 300. Alex, uh, we love that Suns win last night. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Harrison Barnes to inbound on the far side. He hits the ball, holds, and then finds Fox. He'll shoot a three and miss it in and out. Rebound Durant, and that'll do it. Suns win. 130-125 the final score tonight at Footprint Center. Suns even the season series with the Kings at two games apiece. And that's the good news. The all-important fifth game in this series will be played in April in case they need the tiebreaker, though I get the impression you're not particularly concerned about the Sacramento Kings. I think really. I, I I don't think Sacramento can beat Phoenix in a seven-game series. A game, maybe, yeah, but that team, they can, they, they, they're not good enough to win. They're not good enough at closing out games. There's something missing with that team, right? They were third last year. Now they're like a play-in tournament team. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. Man, they had their big three go for like 95 points or something crazy like that. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was pretty And crazy. they still lost. Oh. Like, I, I just... 
I look at the Sacramento Kings and I see talent, but I don't see a team that's going very deep. I do, I do not fear them at all. Bring that. If you can get a matchup with Sacramento, I'll take it. DeMontis Sabonis had a triple-double, 35, 18, and 12. De'Aaron Fox had 40 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals. Malik Monk had 22 off the bench. The Kings outscored the Suns 26-4 to in fast-break points, 72-42 to in points in the paint, and the Suns still won the basketball game. I mean, to look at the box score, you're like, wait, what? Huh? Right. What? How? Right. Why? Right? But, you know, how is, how is pretty easy? How is Eric Gordon? And how is Grayson Allen? And how is Devin Booker? And how is Royce O'Neal? And we'll talk about him Welcome in a little to bit. Phoenix. Oh, my goodness gracious. Benvenuti. Now, um, I'll take things we don't love for 400, Alex. And that's Bradley Beal mm-hmm. having to leave the game. Ooh, that's a good question. I know he's out tomorrow. Uh, I don't know what they're calling exactly, but he pulled his hamstring. You know, so um, strain is hamstring. We'll call. It, I'll call it a strain. Okay, hamstring strain. Uh, it'll be out tomorrow, but they don't think it's too serious. So, hopefully, with the break, right, right after tomorrow's game, um, he doesn't miss too much more time. We'll see where he's at. Fine. Probably pulled his hamstring. That happens. You know, it's not. There's no devastating injury here. Find the word we would use. Though. I mean, I'm not worried about it. They played a lot of games together. They'll play more. It's a hamstring. You got the All Star break. He'll miss today. Um, you know, you'll have the All Star break. What's the next game? What's the next game back after the All Star break? Uh, they play the Dallas Mavericks a week from tomorrow. A week from tomorrow. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if he's going to play in that game or not. But I will tell you that when you saw it happen, right? And I, was, you, you, you saw the injury happen. And then he stayed on the court for more than a minute. He hit uh-huh. a shot. He played defense. He ran into Sabonis. You saw him kind of grab it. He made a pass. He made a lob pass. So I think it was Nurkic. And then he kind of ran the baseline. You can see him kind of pull up a little bit gimp. Okay. Didn't come out. Stayed in the game. Possession Sacramento. Possession Phoenix. Possession Sacramento. And then he finally came out of the game. So I don't think it was one of those really bad hamstring injuries. I think he just pulled it a little bit. And I I, I wouldn't be that concerned if I was Phoenix, the way it looks. I, I, okay, I understand what you're saying. I, I really do. And in the short term, I would agree with you. I am not concerned about this in the short term at all. It's a bigger picture issue with Bradley Beal, though, isn't it? Like, I, like that's and that's why I can't use the word "fine" to describe how I feel about this. Because in the short term, yeah, it's fine. You got the All Star break coming up. It's a it's a mild hamstring strain. It's gonna be fine. He'll be back before you know it. The concern is, is that with a player who misses as many games as Bradley Beal tends to miss. When is it going to happen when it's not fine? You know, we'll never know until the guy. Right, but but with a player who's got the history that he does, and I know he's. I'll say. I said this the last time he got hurt. I'll say it again. Nobody is more frustrated about this, I'm sure, than Bradley Beal. Nobody gets more upset about his time to time lack of availability than Bradley Beal does. But at some point, the concern is that this is going to happen at a very inopportune moment, and when that does, Gambo, that is not fine. That is not going to be fine. That is going to be a problem. And that's the worry for me is that, yeah, a week from now, two weeks from now, okay, whatever. But it's the Clippers are worrying the same thing. What if Paul George goes down? What if Kawhi Leonard goes of down? Of course. What if, what if James, like the Clippers are worrying uh, about uh, the same uh, thing. Of, of course. And you know what? They're right to. They're right to worry about that. You know, that they're, they're they should be concerned about that because there's a there's a similar mm-hmm. history there too. I Yeah, you cross your fingers I, and you hope. It just it's just with a play, it, it, you see it happen. 
And the first thing you think of is the short term. But the second thing I think of is the long term. And if you don't want to, hey, good for you. Good for you for being able to just block it out, not worry about it. I'm I'm going to worry about it happening at a really, really bad time. Because when it does, then it's a problem. I think in the then back of my problem. mind, we're all kind of just health is the most important factor to this team. I get it. And I think in the back of my, my mind, we're all thinking about that. But. That injury is not one where I'm like, oh my God, he's going to miss the next four or six weeks. I'm not like, to me, no, I agree. he'll I miss agree. a couple of games and I'll be it. But that's, yeah, for me, that's that's not the point. Now, Frank Vogel, and I was impressed with the Suns last night with this. Um, they stayed composed. Even though they lost their guy, one of their guys, they stayed composed. Yeah, the composure was very impressive with our guys. You know, they, they made some runs and, uh, you know, we try to keep them, keep them settled. You know, I mean, it was even at one point they, they went on a run and I took Kevin Durant out. And that's not typically what you do. <laughs> When the other team's on a run, but it's a long game. You gotta you gotta keep fresh bodies in there, and um, you know those guys uh, throughout the game. When the other t- when when the Kings were making runs, showed great composure to just uh, you know stick with what we're doing, make you know subtle adjustments where we needed to, and uh, and then be the team that makes the next run. And I thought in that regard, Eric Gordon stepped up big time. Grayson Allen, I love it when Grayson Allen has big games on national stages like that. I don't know why. It's just like, hey, look, look what we got. Look, look, look at this. Look at this guy. Look at this guy out there busting his ass. You see what the hot potato shot? Oh yeah, the, the one hot where potato. He was like, hey, whoa, hot, hot potato throws up in the air and went in. Like you know, you can't hold on to it for more than like a second. And he threw it up and he went in. Like and, oh my god. And I'll take something since we're doing the Jeopardy thing here. I'll take something I learned that I didn't know for five hundred, Alex. I didn't know Eric Gordon won a slam dunk contest. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. But when he had the dunk, they all talked about it. I'm like, Eric Gordon won a slam dunk contest? Apparently back in 2010. That's how long ago it was. Eric Gordon was the slam dunk champion of the of the world. I like that body doesn't look like he could dunk a no, dunk a basketball. Not even close. That body does not look like he get has much lateral movement to it. <laughs> no, it's not a lot of. Give me the ball, no, I'll shoot it. It's not a lot of vertical there. It doesn't it doesn't feel like there's a lot of vertical with Eric Gordon. But good for him. I Royce almost want to know who is who is in this 2010 slam dunk contest. Well, let's look it up. Shall oh wait, we? Nate Robinson won the 2010 contest. Oh, who was when, okay, when did he win it? I thought I saw a story. I didn't look up the. I just read in a story that he won a slam dunk contest, and I just took it for. I just took it for legit. Um, where did I read it? I'll have to. Uh, you'll have to tell me. I'll I don't have to know. Say, I, it wasn't. So it was. It was him. Okay, I'll find it. I'll, fi- I'll find where it was, and I'll, I'll correct it. Okay. Don't worry, I'll All correct right. it. Uh, when we come back, the old saying, first is the worst, second is the best. Not to say that Royce O'Neal's first Suns game was bad, but the second one, oh, the second one was really good, and we'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Hey, it's Luke. What's in store for the Phoenix Suns when they face Monty Williams and the Pistons in their last game before the All-Star break? We get going tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. I think so. Uh, that was a big shot. They tried to double off him. He made him pay. There's Devin Booker with AZ Family after the game talking about Royce O'Neal's big three. And by the way, kudos to Devin Booker for finding Royce O'Neal. Like, that was a hell of a pass. Royce O'Neal, um, not his debut game with the Phoenix Suns. That came Saturday in his 11 minutes against Golden State. He was supposed to play 15 minutes in last night's game. They used him for 30 and he led the team in plus minus. He was, and he did not have a great first half, right? I mean, he played 14 minutes. He was 0-3 from deep. Uh, for 0-3 from the field. 0-2 from deep. He got out of block shot on Mitchell, but I got called a foul. 
But the impact that he had on that game in the second half, especially the fourth quarter, was tremendous. To your point that you always make, like you need guys like that to help you win a few games here or there. Amen. We can make the argument that Royce O'Neal was was the won factor the game for in them, them winning the game last night. Won the game night. for yes, them last night. Yes, absolutely. Yep. And and that's 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 why you make moves like that at the deadline, right? That's why. And I guarantee you, he will do that again at some point in the postseason. He won't win a series for you, but he will win a game in a series with a game like that, with the way he played last night. He was great for them last I'm, night. I'm gonna. They wanted a first round pick for him. The Suns didn't have one. I'm gonna continue to say this. I'm shocked that nobody blocked the Phoenix Suns from getting him. Like nobody looked at, hey, if we if we give let's give up a late first, because if not, then he's going to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. We'll find a spot for him. In the fourth quarter, he started the quarter, came out at the 703 mark, then he came back at the 525 mark. He basically sat about a minute and 35, got a rest, comes in, he hit that big three-pointer with 41 seconds left. He had a driving baseline dunk at one point. He had a three-pointer to put him up 103-94, part of a 14-2 fourth quarter run. He assisted on an Eric Gordon three-pointer. He assisted on a book jump shot, nine rebound, nine points, four rebounds, five assists, four steals. Four steals. And like you mentioned, a team high plus 13 in 30 minutes played. He was very good last night. You weren't the only one reading the box score. Kevin Durant last night after the game was doing exactly the same thing. He was playing point guard for us last year a lot of the time. Initiating the offense, you know, I didn't know Royce could pass that way until last year. You know, he's a smart player. You've seen him tonight. Five assists. Five. I got the ball in my hands all game. I didn't get five assists, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so um, maybe we just wasn't aware of what he, his game, but he, he, he stepped up in, into a new role last year, and he gained the trust of everybody in the organization. And, and you know, so tonight he was able to go out there and just play his game, you know what I'm saying? Nine, five, four, no T.O.'s, four still, like – so we want him to keep building on that, keep building confidence, and um, you know we're going, we're going, we're looking forward to having that that type of play in our lineup. You mentioned the fourth quarter. I'll even rewind it a little bit to the third quarter. He checked in about five minutes ago in the third quarter. The Suns were down eighty-five seventy-eight. The Suns went small at that point. They went to their small ball lineup. Over the next twelve minutes or so, while the Suns didn't have a center on the floor, the Suns went on a twenty-five to nine run over about twelve minutes of game action, and O'Neal was in the middle. Twenty-five to nine. Twenty-five to nine. It's not quite <laughs> 20, <laughs> twenty-eight to five. It's not quite that. Uh, twenty-five to nine run. Third that quarter. Put them up from like five minutes of the third quarter into the fourth. They quarter. were down eighty-three seventy-two. Fox hit two free throws. They were down yep. by eleven. They were down eighty-three seventy-two. And that's when they started to take the game over right there and, and got O'Neal back in. Was, Booker was huge in that run, too, by the way. He was, but O'Neal was in the middle of all of that. And they were doing the small – and you you know, you know, rattled off all the stuff, steals and threes and good defensive play. And, and, and He's look, a good player. And again, is he going to do this like this every night? No. The Suns don't even need him to be like this every single night. But there are going to be moments this season. We just got spoiled that one happened very quickly into the tenure of Royce O'Neal. He might go five games and not be this effective as he was last night. Or he might be a consistent role player. There are some guys out there that are very consistent as role players. A lot of the guys are not. They're hit and miss high and low. He might be like an Eric Gordon type where I'm pretty consistent. 
I think he'll do that. I'm just saying what we said a second ago. Like, you could argue Royce O'Neal was the reason why the Suns won the game last night. Without him, they probably don't win the game. I I don't know if we're going to say that about him every single night. But if he can be consistent and steady, and it's obvious the fans really liked him. The fans had kind of took a shine to him a little bit with how he played. You could see the reaction to what he was doing out there. Frank Vogel after the game. Immediate impact. I mean, he made some big-time plays, right? I mean, it was clear. He battled, you know, when we needed that other guy especially with Brad going out. You know, we had the you know, five smalls, the laser lineup, we call it, um, you know, with Eric Gordon in there. And we just, we knew at the trade deadline that that's one of our, our things. We need another guy that can switch defensively and, and, and can be a, a three-point shooter and um, made a couple big threes and, and really to just battle. The way he battled defensively was very, very impressive, you know, beyond what I even expected. And, um, you know, so for me, that's, that's him coming in and making an immediate impact on our team. Yeah, great acquisition. Yeah, and I like the way they used him, and obviously he had to play more minutes because Bradley Beal got hurt, but man, having that guy, right, having that guy that, you know, you made a trade for, you you invested inventory, you gave up picks and four players to get him. Now, the four players weren't playing very much, but you did give up a bunch of second-round picks, and that swayed them. I, again, I think other teams are probably looking at that last night saying, damn, damn, that, that, that hurts that Phoenix got that guy. Yeah, now, coming up in a few minutes, we're going to talk about Frank Vogel and how last Last night might have been his one of his best moments as head coach of the Phoenix Suns, and we'll explain that coming up at 2.30. But speaking of coaching, and we didn't get to this in the last segment, Mike Brown, who was once fined by the NBA, what, 50 large for pulling out a laptop and showing reporters after a game all the calls that were missed. Boy, last night he was at it again talking about the officiating. It's easy. It's 27 fouls on us and 16 fouls on them, uh, and and including the, 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 the no call. You know, that that's that's man. That's 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 just it's, it's tough. To, it's tough to swallow. And you know, I know they're human. They're, they're great. They're great freaking guys too, man. Good officials. Uh, but it's it's man. It's it's tough. It's it, it is it is tough out there to see your guys like you say work as hard as they work. And we're in a position to tie the game with 24 seconds, and that that foul doesn't even happen with Keegan. Now, now they got to score, and and we're gonna have a chance possibly to score too. Um, but to, to to have the game decided, you know, by something else, that's that's tough, man. That's tough. It's tough. Oof. 27 fouls on us and 16 on them. Yeah. 27 fouls on us, 16 fouls on them. The fouls obviously went the Suns' way. He was very upset with the no call on the Sabonis layup. He thought that Booker leaped it all over his back and he that did. he should have had he an end one. He was right there. He did. He didn't like the, um, the, the foul on Murray grabbing the jersey because it didn't prevent the play from happening. And guys grab all the time uh, when Murray was called for a foul before the inbounds play. Um, so he didn't like that either. He was also upset with uh, Grayson Allen was fouled by Fox to so- stop the clock, and then they took the ball out, and that's when Murray got called. And so there were a few plays he was not very happy with, and he was not very happy with the overall fouls called on his team compared to the Suns. Yeah, and, and he, he got fined once. Now, that was for a laptop. Is he going to get fined again? I don't know. Oh, by the way, from the corrections department here on the Burns and Gambo show. because Oh, always, here we go. We always here we try go. for accuracy. Uh, Eric Gordon did not win a slam dunk contest. 
contest, but he did participate in the 2010 slam dunk contest. I read the story wrong. Okay. I got excited. He participated. I, I got excited. In it. I, I thought he won a slam dunk contest. I should have taken a little more time and read the story a little more thoroughly. He, but the fact that he even participated in a three uh, slam dunk contest yeah. is like you, tough to believe. You participated you, you? in the three point. No way. You? Are you sure? I don't believe it. Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty. When we come back, it was maybe his best game as a Phoenix Sun. And no, we're not talking about Royce O'Neal. We'll tell you who next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Everybody, Dan Bickley here, and after tonight's game against the Pistons, it is the All-Star break. We will assess where the Suns are at and what they need to get where they are going. We'll begin at 6 a.m. on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Uh, we're talking. The talking was at a high level um, the whole night um, in the huddles, on the court. Um, you know, Sac's a, a tough team to play against. You know, it feels like you're in transition the whole game. Whether you make or miss it, you know, they're on the move, which you know, causes mismatches and, you know, you just have to pick up the man in front of you. So, um, we talked it through and, you know, ended up turning out well for us. That's Devin Booker after last night's game. It was not his best moment as a Phoenix son. He's had many, many, many that were better than last night. And we'll talk about Devin Booker in a little bit. That might have been Frank Vogel's best moment as a Phoenix son last night. The way he was able to in and out of the lineup, the right guys for defense and for offense at the end of the game when they needed it. The way he was willing to adapt and change. And it's coincidence, irony, whatever you want to call it, that here comes Monty Williams tonight with the Detroit Pistons. A coach who, if if we're just being honest about it, struggled to adapt, struggled to evolve, struggled to change things. I thought, and this is by no means an original thought, and I'll credit the guy who kind of put it into words better than I did on Twitter. But during the game last night, I did notice, oh, hey, he's swapping out Eric Gordon for Josh Okogie. He didn't do that against the Warriors. Oh, hey, he's going small ball, but now small ball's not working, so he's putting Nurkic back out there, right? Yes. He was really evolving on the fly in last night's game, and I thought it was a brilliant piece of coaching by Frank Vogel last yeah, night. Yeah, you know me. I'm a stickler for the substitution patterns. I, 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 uh, and I, I always hate when the TV doesn't, when the TV announcers don't tell me who's coming into the game because i got to rewind it and find out when they come in. Sometimes I picture you waking uh, up in the middle of the night. 7.36 left! Durant comes in for Nurkic. Hey, Ray, like, come on. Tell me who just came into the game. About a minute later, I realized it, and i got to rewind it and see, okay, what? Because, you know, when you go to a break, a, a commercial break, or somebody goes to the free throw line, sometimes I don't notice it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I raised my hand, so I get yeah. called on in class. Um, you know, if you follow along online, they'll tell you who's in the game. You just click on the box score. They'll show you who's in the game. Just letting you know. Why can't I expect my announcers to tell me well, that? Well, I'm just saying, if you, wanna, if you want to put your own yeah. fate into your own hands, you know, and not rely yes, on other not people to do other things people for you to, yeah, they've got to other do things, things to do. for I you, it, you know, I'm just saying, there's, uh, there's, a, there's this little thing called the internet, pretty cool, you search things, I like, I like Lauren's like, you know, every now and then, they'll tell you things that maybe you didn't know before, like who's on the floor at a particular time. But anyway, I was interrupting a perfectly good Gambo rant. To that wasn't even a rant. It was like, if you look at, if you watch that game, you know, Okogie comes in for Eric Gordon with 32.1 seconds left. Then he goes out for Eric Gordon with 18 seconds left. Then he comes back in with 15 left. And then he makes the play of the game by jumping over Sabonis and tapping a missed 
free throw uh, by Booker out to Allen, which set up two free throws by Booker and probably won him the game. Mm-hmm. But it was in, out, in, out in like a 30, I mean, what, 32 seconds left, he, he comes in. 18 seconds left, he comes out. 15, he comes in. 11 seconds left, he makes that big play. Uh, that big play. You know, so that to me, look, Akogi only made one shot out of four taken, but in 19 minutes, he did a lot of little things. And, you know, Frank realizes that I've got to do a better job of getting my defensive guys on the court when I've got the ability to do what I'm defending. I, you know, when I'm yeah. on offense, I'll change it out. It, it was one of your main complaints on Monday after the Golden State game. No Royce O'Neal, no Josh Okogie. What is Eric Gordon doing out there on the floor in that moment when Steph Curry hits the three? Why Why is, is he out there? And, and the guy who I want to give the credit to, his name is Stephen Prijone, and he's a good follower on Twitter during the games talking about the NBA kind of breaking down what's happened. I noticed it in the moment. I just wasn't able to kind of funnel those thoughts into one clear idea like, wow, Frank Vogel's doing a really nice job here. But in the moment, I thought, wow, look, Okogie's out there. He must have learned from what happened against right. Golden State. How about or, the Nurkic one like you oh, mentioned? No, I was fascinated no, 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 by that. That one was almost even better because small balls kicking Sacramento up and down the floor until it's not. And then about 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, Sabonis comes comes back out and suddenly small ball's not working anymore. Sacramento goes on like an 18 to 8 run and and they figured out small ball. So Frank adapts, puts Nurk out there and Nurk kicked but in the last four minutes of that game, didn't he? With, with a, he had an impact without a basket, right? He had the steal of a, of a monk pass, and then he blocked the shot by Fox. Yeah, they went away from small ball. Now, so it was interesting because at the 406 mark, with the Suns down by a point, that he brought Nurk back. Now, Nurk left the game with 41 seconds left for Eric Gordon because they were trying to get shooters on the court. For the, but yeah, I, for the free throw. But yeah. I totally agree with you there that that was a major impact move by Frank Vogel to say, okay, it's, it's not working anymore. They, they've kind of got us. They're going on a little bit of a run. Let's, we need a big out here to combat what Sabonis is doing. And that's okay. And, and again, I'll say this again because Monty Williams is in town tonight and Monty Williams deserves heaps and heaps and heaps of praise. But this was the stuff that used to drive us nuts. I was like, I can't do that many substitutions during the playoffs. in one minute. I don't, I don't. Just nuts during the playoffs, right? That ability yeah. to, to see what's going on. And I need to do something different. I need to change. I need to adapt. I need to, this isn't working. I've got to do something else and something different. My, I, I look, it was kind of a rough start for Frank Vogel, at least for me as the head coach of the Suns. I wasn't sure he was the right guy. I wasn't sure it was the right fit to take a defensive-minded head coach and ask him to be the coach of an offensive-minded basketball team like that. Last night, I wouldn't say it was the first night, but it was one of the main nights where I thought, Okay, this not that this guy knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He doesn't need my validation to let him know that he knows what he's doing. But I was genuinely impressed with the coaching work that he did last night. Like, okay, let's see how different the Suns are in the playoffs when they've got a guy like this who's willing to change, willing to adapt, willing to evolve in-game. Right, like you know, in the heat of the battle, to recognize what's not working and to make a change. That was great. That was great. I mean, I went, you know, in the media room tonight, I could, I could just, Frank, I just want you. Know, Day Burns thinks that you're doing the right things now. He, <laughs> I just, just wanted to get that out there. 
I, you know, just that, you don't have to, you don't have no, to respond. You don't, need don't to have to that. answer that you question. Don't, you don't need to do that. Frank, just wanted to tell Frank you. Frank doesn't now. Frank doesn't. He, he doesn't require he my validation. You know what you're doing now. No, no, he I, wasn't sure early in the season. I, I save that high level stuff for but, you. You're the one who thinks that you should be working in the front offices of these teams, helping them make their decisions. That's not my gig. That's your gig. Um, no, it was it was good. It was impressive. It was impressive. And then tonight we'll talk more about this later. But tonight with Monty Williams coming in town, he's going to get the tribute video, all of that stuff. It's it's and he deserves it. He deserves it. And they're playing a little bit better now too. They are yeah, playing a little bit better. They're playing. They're playing a. Yeah. They're playing a little Made bit better. They that trade. They got a bunch of new players now, like three new players that are in rotation. Kevin Durant after the game. Yeah, I just liked everybody's minutes. You know, we was able to. Um, guys understood the assignment. Royce came in. EG came in. Drew, Josh made some big plays. Um, Nas came in, hit a big three. You know, so everybody understood what their assignment was. We kept the game simple on both ends and. You know, we just played, you know. So I, I liked how we started the fourth quarter. I like how we ended the third. Like I said last week, once we end the third uh, in a solid fashion, the fourth quarters, we can ease into the fourth quarters a little bit more. So we got up two going into the uh, fourth, and I was able to get us some momentum and uh, just start the fourth quarter. So um, it's a good win for us, man. We needed this one. Wait a minute, you're going, to the, you're going to the Suns game tonight? Yeah. I'm spending Valentine's Day with your... You know what? It's just like, it's a Wednesday oh. night. I got a, I got a 90 minute, like, you know, extended massage mm-hmm. and a 90 minute, like some kind of special facial that she wanted. And <laughs> she just got her Justin Timberlake tickets. Like, I'm good. Like, I, I earned enough brownie points. She'd to- rather get a massage and hang out with Justin Timberlake than you on Valentine's Day? Oh yeah, I think if she, could, I think if she could hang out with Justin Timberlake or me, she. No, she's not going to Justin Timberlake tonight. But no, like, I, I get that. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Okay, I, okay, I wasn't, just, I wasn't able to a, go to the game just, yesterday, but so I was just, I told her that I said, listen, do you want me to just like, like I'll pick something up for dinner and then because we're not going to go out to dinner on a Wednesday night. Like, do you want me to? So no, just go to the game. Let's go to like, the game. Just go to the game. It's, I, it's another I, day. I, I spent enough time it's with fine. you as it is. You're good. Yeah. You're fine. You go. Yeah. You, you, you're, you're okay. Yeah. We come back on the Burns and Gambo show today. First day, pitchers and catchers showing up for duty with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Let's talk about the intrigue around this team as they ramp up for spring training, and we'll do it next on the Burns and Gambo show. The Burns and Gambo need to know social poll. Presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Mitch is here with us. He's got today's social media poll question of the day. You can find it on our X account at Burns and Gambo is where you can find it. But we're also on Facebook. We're also on Insta. You can subscribe. MySpace. To, uh, no, not MySpace, but YouTube. You can uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, Arizona Sports, and all the videos, all the cool stuff that's right there. Mitch, you got a question for us? What do we got? It's going to set you guys up perfectly for this next segment, at least I hope, because pitchers and catchers reported today. Dun, 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 dun. National League champions are back. At least the pitchers and catchers are. So it's pitchers related. Who of the following starters are you most excited to watch in 2024? Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, Eduardo Rodriguez, or Brandon Fott? Brandon Fott. Am I most excited to watch? Brandon Fott. I need him to become a top two guy in case they lose Gallon in a year or two or... You know, Merrill gets old. That's a good argument. I need him to be able to be a top two guy. It's a good argument. Erod, I'm most excited about Eduardo Rodriguez because I think he's legit number three, the guy they didn't have last year that could have really, really used. Yeah, put me or down maybe even number two if he pitches beyond that. Mm-hmm. 
the fans are excited along with Gambo to see what the young buck can do. 54% going with Brandon Fott as the one they're most excited to watch. 22% going with Zach Gallon, the ace of the squad. Also has a new dog named Moose. I don't know if you guys heard his conversation. An English with bulldog. I saw a picture of it today. On, He's got a new on, dog named Moose. Yeah, English. Uh, very nice. handsome or pretty looking. I'm not sure if it's a gorgeous dog. Let's go gorgeous. Uh, it's just a good looking dog that does Zach Gallon. Bello. Yes. Bello. Beautiful dog. Bello Cane. 19% with you, Bernsey, looking for something out of the newcomer, Eduardo Rodriguez. And that leaves 6% for Merrill. Poor Merrill. <laughs> Merrill's just steady Eddie, though, man. Know. You know what I mean? He just gets the job done. Like, I trust him more than I trust anybody. I know, but what, what do I got to do to get you excited to watch me pitch? Huh? 6%? I mean, when you're that Six good all the percents? time, when you're, when you're just consistently good all the time, people just come to expect it from you. Uh, along those lines, I should point out, and thank you, Mitch, for the question. We do appreciate that. Uh, Tori Lovello, when he was on Bickley and Murata today. Something about ice cream? Yeah, as a matter of fact, he had a ton of ice, ice cream this offseason. Probably took me two weeks. I got a ton of ice cream sent to me. I got ice cream sent from people that I don't even know. I don't even know how they got my home address. But I had so much chocolate and peanut butter ice cream. It was amazing. You so probably look you like Andy Reid right now. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I, I easily put on 10 pounds. Like, I'm still carrying that, that winter weight around. I got to work it off. Remind you was after they lost, it was I just want to go home and eat ice cream and bury my head in shame or something like that. Yes. It, was a, it was a line yeah. like that after the they World Series. They thought that me and you sent the ice cream. Who did? The Lavellos. Tori and Kristen thought that we sent it. <laughs> they thought that we did? Yes. Because I got like, hey, thanks. I'm like, it wasn't us. You they got, didn't know who sent the ice cream. Did you take credit for it? Or did you did you tell no, the truth? No, I, no. Okay, I, I told the truth. This. I didn't, you know, I, hey, I, it hey, wasn't us. I like, thought, well, no. I'd like to take credit for sending you guys the ice cream, but it wasn't uh, us. I take credit for things I don't do all the time. But right. hey, I didn't do, I didn't do that. Uh, no, I, I, we did not send them any ice yeah. cream at all. No, I don't take credit. I usually blame somebody. Who made this mess? It was Quentin. It was Brooke. Even <laughs> It was me. Who broke the lamp? It was, it was them. Who left was this mess in the kitchen? It was, it was him. It was, uh, the, it, was your, it was Quinton. What he met the with the general media, uh, Troy did indicate that Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly both have been pushed back on their workouts, obviously, with all the innings that they threw last year. Oh, good. Um, he said, quote, this is from uh, SI.com, we're going to be mindful of that big number as we're pushing things, things forward in spring training. I explained to both he and Merrill, if I clip you early in a 10-1 game and you've thrown six innings, but you still have 20 pitches left. Let's understand the reason why. I mean, those both they both threw a lot of innings last year. And so it sounds yeah, like Tori uh, and the D-backs are going to be very careful with their usage early on. So 210 innings for Gallon in the regular season. This is a good point. I like it a lot. He's never pitched more than 184. Before the 184, the most he pitched is 121. So in the last three years, Gallon went from 121 to 184 to 210. But to your point, tack on the 33 innings in the postseason, that 210 rises to 243. Mm -hmm. 243. Yeah. I mean, I might see them clip a guy in the third inning. Like, <laughs> I'm going to try to get the guy the wheel go at least five to try to get the win, but he might try to save some innings on these guys early for sure. Yeah. Zach Gallen um, was asked the question about he and Merrill Kelly and whether they're co aces or not. Yeah. I mean, I've always said, um, you know, whoever's pitching that day, that's the ace. You have the number one, you know, on the lineup card next to your name. So you're, you're the ace, you know. It, it, 
it really doesn't matter I think honestly at that point it's like listen you have to go out and do your job and, and help the team win the game I mean the, all the, the monikers and, and whatever and nicknames are all are all good on paper but it ultimately just comes down to who shows up who, who plays the best um, and who's doing their job so you know for me whether you're you're the first start of the ace whatever you're pitching opening day or you're pitching the fifth game it's like we're still trying to win that game um, you're the ace that day you're the, you're the guy taking the ball there was a spring training preview this morning on ESPN.com and it was pitchers and casters today Zach Gallon, by the way also said that like 90% of the guys are there already so it felt like spring training started a week ago um, and it was kind of like a, a round table on ESPN Gambo with a lot of their baseball writers asking a variety of questions yeah just Jeff Passan and a few others and a few right? others yeah all Alden Gonzalez is one of them, and one of the questions that was posed to all of them was, which team are you far more interested in today than you were a year ago at this time? Alden Gonzalez said the Diamondbacks, by a lot. I didn't see them as a contending team at this time last year, and they made it all the way to the World Series. Here's the key part, though. But it's how they've since doubled down that has me so intrigued. The Diamondbacks could have taken a back seat in the wake of the Dodgers' staggering offseason. They could have, like a lot of teams, used the regional sports network uncertainty as an excuse not to spend. Instead... They lavished, lavished, pardon me, $80 million on Eduardo Rodriguez, a perfect fit for the middle of the rotation, spent another $50 million plus to add Jock Peterson and bring back Lourdes Goriel Jr. They're not better than the Dodgers, but they are a top five team in the National League, close quote. It's all we ever wanted for the Diamondbacks, right? Yeah. As soon as they were done with the World Series, the way they spent, in light of the uncertainty with the revenues given the regional sports networks and who's going to televise them and all that, they spent, they doubled down, they went for it, they they did exactly what they said they were going to do, and I think that's why D-backs fans are so excited by this now, season. The interesting thing is nobody's going to pick them over the Dodgers to win the division. No. Like Shohei Otani, I, I read today Shohei Otani's going to be ready to be the DH on opening day. Like he's swinging and he's hitting the ball well. Like he's going to be the guy. And then they went out and they got uh, uh, the Japanese kid. Yamamoto. Yamamoto. They got Tyler Glass now. They, they should be getting a lot of their guys back. I mean, I get it. Like, uh, But the Dodgers spending was ridiculous. And because of that, and because the guys that they've got coming back, uh, the expectations of the Dodgers are going to run away with the division. That the Dodgers are going to win this thing and they're going to win it going away. I don't think that's unreasonable. Over 162 games, right. I think they have more talent than the Arizona Diamondbacks do. So over 162 games. Yeah. But in a best of three, best of five, right. best of seven, doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. So USA doesn't Today matter. USA Today did um, predictions you know, with the uh, records and everything. They have the Dodgers winning 100 games, the Diamondbacks winning 85. They've got the Dodgers 15 games better than the Diamondbacks in wins. 15. So it's not even close. Like, you look at all the other divisions, Chicago is 85, Cincinnati 83, Atlanta 98, Philly 89, Seattle 89, Texas 84, Cleveland 81, Detroit 80, the Yankees 90, Toronto 86. Every division they have is being close, except for the NL West. Yeah. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we go courtside with our son's guru, Kellen Olsen, get his thoughts on what we saw last night, get his thoughts on the Monty Williams reunion tonight. Kellen Olsen joining us in studio next on the Burns and Gambo show.